Good evening, everybody. Back on a Monday night, pretty quiet weekend. Not too much happened newsworthy about the Tigers, so it should be a relatively mild show for everyone tonight. No, a bit, bit to get through, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for joining. Grok, welcome back, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. There's really not much to talk about this week, is there? No. Nice and simple, I think. Quite well, weird. Welcome back, just... mate. Glad to see you're feeling better as well, mate. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, I was, uh, mate, don't get, I, yeah, just to give you a bit of brief, because I've had a couple of DMs about it. I had um, I had the, the flu booster, and I'm all about getting boosters, so I had the flu booster, and next thing you know, I, mate, crashed hard. Uh, was really dicey there for three days. Funny enough, my whole body went temperature as high as you basically any more any a degree higher. I would have been fucking heart attack material thing, that, and they couldn't get it down. Um, finally broke on the Wednesday, but the side effect of it is my whole my whole mouth jaw under you know internal broke out in the heat ulcers. You know when your immune system completely mm. all the ulcers came up, and that for me, mate. You could slice my scrotum with a razor blade. I'll take that over going for four days. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You yeah. can't drink. Every movement of your head is like you've just um, chewed a, a lock line. And that's no exaggeration. It was the no. worst. And it finally started getting better Saturday night and then Sunday and then it cleared up by the Monday. So um, <laughs> it's good to see you all back. good now, though. Thanks for the uh, positive feedback in chat about my hair. The one time it hasn't worked exactly how I'd like it to, and I'm copying it. No, all good. It, it hasn't panned out. I do need a haircut. Fair, fair play. Um, hope everyone listening as well. Uh, good to have you all on board. Make sure wherever you're listening, you give us a like and a share, and uh, get you know shared on your social so we can get the uh, the show up the ranking list a little bit. So we always appreciate the love and support. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a very interesting show. So as it was a little bit publicised, I did make a bit of a trip, a predetermined trip, I want to add, down to uh, down to Geelong, and it was booked by the in-laws, just a bit of an outing with the kids, and I hadn't looked at the fixture when um, in advance. So going to, <laughs> having to go down there the next day after that kind of a game, it's worked out it's well. A bit tough, but. I did. I did make a special stop off. Now, for Geelong people who I've got no doubt are listening, I did not go to Gardenia Park just to do this. I was in Geelong already, going to uh, Adventure Park with the kids, but it had to be done. It's all a bit of banter, all a good laugh. And so, thank you to the Geelong supporters on Twitter who took it in the nature as intended. It was nice to have a chat and some banter with you all. Um, to the ones who don't understand the concepts, uh, unlucky for you. But uh, while while we're at the Adventure Park, so for those who don't know, Adventure Park is like a, I suppose, a big theme park out in Geelong. They've got a, a snow bit on at the moment. Um, so this is a feature of the, the snow. And, and I was actually talking to the guys running it, and they actually were telling me that the snow machines had actually broken down a few years ago. And, and the, what you're seeing on the ground here is actually salt residue from the tears from 2020 uh, from <laughs> the locals up yeah. there. Uh, so that that's what they're operating the, the snow with these days. But no, it was good good to be down in Geelong. But well, uh, we'll get stuck into it because there's quite a bit to dissect and go through. And I'm sure everyone's keen to hear, uh, maybe not so much my thoughts, but your two thoughts, especially on it. So the Cats defeated Richmond 13-11-89 to 13-8-86 by three points, which is just absolutely heartbreaking uh, after the, the, you know, the way we came back there. Uh, goals were Bolton with three, Lynch three, Rioli Jr. two, Baker, Clark, Edwards, Martin and Ralph Smith with one each. Um, I'll just go through some disposals quickly. Dan Rioli had 26 disposals, six marks. 
Jack Ross 25 disposals, Baker 24 and Short 21. Grok, you can go first, mate. What, before we get stuck into the we'll, – we'll maybe park the press a bit to one side. We'll, we'll address that as its own issue. But game-wise, what did you make of the game? Uh, I, th- I thought it sort of turned out how we, we, we sort of previewed it last week. It was sort of that midfield was really the story of the game with the momentum swings. It was who was getting on top in the midfield. Um, early, you know, when, when Dion went down, Geelong had that massive advantage going through there. Um, and that they capitalised on it. They smashed us through the, through the midfield in that first quarter, just could not get our hands on the ball. And then second and third quarter, that's when we, we started getting on top when we got that run. We, we were smashing them in, in clearances and we ended up winning, which is another another uh, notch to the bow, I guess, for the guys, given that our clearance wins aren't exactly what we're known for. It's more about the contest rather than actually winning the ball. So so that was that was a highlight. But yeah, it's just sort of... What, what, what we expected, along with the short precision kicking to maintain possession in us, you know, with the handball game, it was just a matter of, again, just, I suppose, with a lot of the younger guys, just the inexperience at the end just couldn't hold on. But, yeah, I thought I thought it was a, it was a good game to watch. It was frustrating and it was aggravating. But, again, hard-in-the-mouth stuff. I'd, I'd much rather a game like that going down to the wire than one where you just completely tune out after after, you know, the second half. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the, the comeback was good, Tiggs. So, I mean, the first quarter, um, the boys were clearly rattled with, with what took place, which we'll speak about shortly. Um, but, I mean, I, I think most Richmond people would have thought that at quarter time, we were staring down the barrel of a 60 plus point defeat with the way it was panning out. So, to, to turn that around and hit the front the way we did, missing, you know, a few substantial players, it was, was pretty good signs. Yeah, look, um, I was at a 65th birthday party. Auntie Marie, happy birthday. Um, and I was, let's just fairly say, I was pretty pretty tanked while trying to watch the game with the party going on before we left. And I tell you what, as soon as Dion got cleaned up, I was like to the wife, all right, get the kids, we're going home. So <laughs> listen yeah. on the radio and, you know, peace and quiet. But, look, the wife's story is I always expected Geelong to jump us. They always do. Um, even if we kick a couple of goals early, they always tend to do that control style. We don't like that style initially, but it takes us a bit to read it. And then we just destroy it. And that's generally how it played out to me. And for me, um, we had, a, you know, we had Ross, who's um, not a full-time inside mid. He's finally got his opportunity. We had Baker, who doesn't play midfield full-time. Um, we had Short, who's, this is really his first season. So what is it, nine games, eight games as a midfielder. So we actually were, were pretty light on in relation to experience, but, what they managed to do was um, control the inside, which I was like, everyone that thought we were going to get smashed, I never thought it. I thought, um, I always thought the comeback will come because in every game we've played this year, bar one game, we've been in it with our eyeballs. And that's not fluke. That That is a habit. That's the nature of our system, keeps us in games. Um, people talk about our fade-outs, but if you look at the personnel we have, how often they play, continuous games... That was, for me, the answer why we fade out. So I was bullish. You know, we won clearances with such a young midfield. We won inside 50, so we're smarter with the inside ball. What got me was our lack of ability to to maximise our opportunities when they were there, like, you know, Shy Bolton, some costly misses. Um, You know, we we had some basically real costly costly misses going going inside as well. So overall... Um, for the game itself, really happy, really proud of the boys. Um, the fight back for me is just the characteristics of what we do. 
Um, and it showed that once, when we, when we motor on, when we outwork our opposition, we dominate them. We literally dominate, and that's back, right? That started looking back about four weeks ago, and then it started coming in, and we basically was back in the last half. And look, we ran out of puff, and the reason we ran out of puff in the last quarter is we, we only we played one really one rotation down. They say, oh, you got the sub, but you're really still running one rotation down. Um, and we obviously didn't have pressure. So, um, yeah, look, I was proud. I'm really proud of the cup. Look, I feel like we've won that game. Um, Geelong, uh, I don't know we're parking the pressure stuff, but they had a tactic to do something. They did it, um, and they got the they got the rewards for it. I fucking can't wait till we meet them next. Excuse the French, yeah. but cannot wait. And, yeah, and, like, with the, with the running out of legs things, it sort of comes down to, like, with the soldo as the sub as well that that was a strange call and i think with how the game went yes when soldo came on we looked a lot better nank was a lot better was free to to float back down back and and take those intercept marks and stuff but sort of makes you wonder whether we had another runner coming on fresh legs in that that last quarter what may have happened but i I think choice yeah and i I think we we've got to give credit to 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 the younger blokes through the midfield and for, for standing up obviously Prestia going down was massive. All that emotion, all that, you know, the the anger, the, the frustration there. For them to stand up, you know, Jack Ross, Liam Baker, you know. Judson Clark, Jayden, you touch goal. Yeah, Judson, Judson Clark, you know, um, Jaden Shaw, all these guys who haven't really had that exposed midfield form, for them to come through and smash a season Geelong midfield for two-thirds of the game, massive credit to them. Yeah. Particularly, too, that Dusty is playing rusty as all fuck, right? Let's be honest. He is as rusty, out of touch as I've ever seen him, particularly on Saturday night. He started looking a little bit better towards the end of the game, so that gives me hope that, you know, he'll rediscover his, um, his, his hunger for the contest again. And once he does, you know, off he'll go. But, look, I've got to say, Shay's game for me was brilliant. Like, he's... he's, he's He's an artist when he's on the field. He can go inside. He can play outside. He can he can go midfield. He can go wing. He can go forward. And I think he um, I think he knows that his ceiling. He's just not even reached his ceiling yet. He's just he's just. Hopefully, Emma's talking to him and saying, "Hey, you know, when you've got that opportunity at front of goal, you don't have to be a Dustin Martin to keep on checking check side kick. You know, take your time, assess the situation, and just kick the ball." Um, he used to kick. Pump straight through the goals. He stopped doing it now. Everything seems to be across the body where he doesn't need to do it. So, um, but look, can I give credit to Ross? I've been hard on that kid, but I tweeted before the game, in fairness to myself, that said, look, I, I did a tweet, I think it was on the Wednesday, Thursday, when the teams got picked, and I said, this is his opportunity. I hope he grabs it both hands because he's going to be playing, obviously, the Cochin role. And for me, he had the better game than Cochin's had all year in the sense of contested possession, clearing it out to our outside runners and maintaining his discipline in the midfield in relation to his defensive setup. He did get sucked in at the last, and that would have been exhaustion. So I give him a credit on that. That's how they got us. We just got swarmed into the contest where normally we keep our shape, our shape outside of it. Um, and that obviously is how they scored that quick goal and, you know, history. It's all history. But, no, credit to the kid. He, I said to my mate, I said, you know what? I said, I'd sign him up for two years. If he shows that for the rest of the season, just plays that standard, sign him up for another two years. 
Well, you've got 25 disposals, five marks, six clearances. But again, he played his role. Like he, he yeah. played within his limitations. Didn't he knew he wasn't there to do the fancy stuff, the the sexy stuff, if you like. He was there to do the grunt work, um, and played it particularly well. And, and we all know that that's that's his role. So credit to him for taking it with both hands. And I, I'm not opposed to him playing that role again for the next handful of weeks. To be honest, great. Uh, the other player I want to give a huge shout-out to who's much maligned, I think unfairly, um, by some of the Tiger faithful, I think because he's new to the club more than anything, Robbie Tarrant, his job on uh, Tom Hawkins was nothing short of sensational. Not only to keep Tom Hawk goalless, but the courage he displayed to go back with a flight of the ball minutes after Prestia was knocked out to put his own body on the line for the team again. Um, a copped a big hit, I think it was from Henry, from memory, um, was just fantastic and Again, he, he doesn't get all the intercept marks. He doesn't get the little runs out of defence and things like that. But what he does do is he plays his role very well. Hawkins is someone who's typically gotten a hold of us in recent times, um, gets off the chain, and I, I thought Tarrant did a fantastic job. And, you know, I've seen a couple of posts on the, the Richmond board saying he had a shit game, and that's just complete delusional rubbish. He was, yeah. he, was he was excellent. Yeah. He's always matched up well on Hawkins. I think we sort of said that before the game. He... I don't know, maybe because Hawkins hasn't got that. Hawkins is a pusher. Let's be honest. Geelong supporters rate him as a champion. He's not a champion forward in my eyes, right, because he's a he's a slow paced. But what he's really good at is the physical one-on-one embodying a player out. And he's realised as defenders, this generation of defenders are a lot stronger in the call. He can't get away with that. So what does he do? He does, he does the push. And the umpires allow him to get away with it time and time again. And the way that Tarrant defended that one-on-one contest but anticipated the push and was able to let him outbalance himself as he went for the push because he would either push back or or just avoid it, um, showed, he's, look, he's a really disciplined defender. Do I still think he's a lock 22? I don't. I, he, he, needs, he needs the slower types to play on, and the modern forward is, is changing from that. Um, Hawkins is a dinosaur. Um, you know, most of the mobile tour forwards are athletic. Like, if you had to put Cameron on Tarrant, he wouldn't have been able to compete a bit. Look, credit to him, he had a great game. But can I give love to Pickett? Yes. That, right? oh, he's he, marking. He's <laughs> when we got him six, six games in, I said to him, nah, you know what? This guy, with his hunger at the contest, his work rate and his will, he's a lock in 22. And I copped a bit saying, oh, no, nah, he's not really... He is a dead set. He's showing his jet. He, his performance on the wing to repeat mark, de- um, defensive mark, defensive mark, defensive mark, um, was just elite. Absolutely elite. Yeah, It was, yeah. <laughs> I almost gave a standing ovation in, in my lounge room. I was just admiring his work there, Grock. He was unbelievable. His his last five minutes of the third and that first 15 minutes of the last, he was marking everything that came near him. It was was insane. It was almost like having Alex Rance parked on the wing in the, the glory is where everything that came out of the defensive 50 is followed <laughs> up. And yeah, I mean, credit, credit to Pickett. Obviously, he's had his ups and downs so far this year. Most of the players have, but games like that just, just highlight how integral he is to the way we shape up behind the ball and, and how we transition. So yeah, anyone who, who says that Pickett's not best 22 at the moment is kidding themselves. <laughs> the other player that I think was hugely influential to the turning of the game when put in the middle was Liam Baker. You could tell the clearance numbers turned, the attacking sort of forays turned, the whole game for us turned on its head when he was chucked in the middle. Um, he's in a bit of a purple patch, fellas, and I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing from Bakes. 
Yeah, he's he reminds me a little bit of um, sort of Nathan Foley in, it, in that he's that nuggety little pesky small midfielder who gets in, wins the ball, uses that pace to break the line. Great, great skills on him too. Like his his field kicking is absolutely fantastic. Um, he's just he's one of these ones that's like every coach is going to love that type of player. Just no fuss, get in, win the ball, put your body on the line, go when it's your turn to go, and like, he's just fa- fantastic. The only thing I didn't like about that transition was when he was playing defense, he was actually on Stengel, and when we moved Baker into the midfield, that's when Stengel got on top. And I, th- I think that's where, if we're going to move Baker into the midfield, we need to get that defensive transition right with who 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 takes over his man because it it didn't work in the long you know looking back now it probably didn't work the way we wanted it to with the result. But yeah. again, if we can get if we can get Baker in the midfield and bring someone like Mansell in to cover, who's a great defender and plays very similar to Baker, I think we'll get we'll get that balance right. It's funny with um with Bakes, I see Paul Broderick in him. Exactly. He reminded me of Brodders. If you remember how he used to play, he was great in the half-back flank, he was great in the midfield, and he became a great forward. He's got the ability, his core strength is so strong that he keeps his feet in the contest. And his recovery from when he is on the ground up again, he's basically instantaneous. So, yeah, he's the way he sees the game, he, he, he's that's why he reminds me of um, Broderick. He used to be able to do that too, even in even in – the game's going out for Skelter. He would just know where to get to, when to get there, and what he needs to do when he gets there, all in a matter of just instinct, not even giving any thought. So, yeah, no, nah, Baker's, Baker's a jet for me. But I'm wrapped that you said Mansell. I thought that was a lost opportunity. It, we're trying to turn him into a forward, which is great. It's going to teach him how to defend a little bit better. But we shouldn't have had Soldo as a second ruck, um, as the sub. In my mind, Mansell would have been a perfect um, sub for me. Um because if anywhere Geelong was going to get a hold of us, it was their their forward line. Their back line wouldn't have got a hold of us. Their midfield wouldn't have got a hold of us. It's their back line. That's what I thought leading into the game is their forward line. Sorry. So either Cameron, Stengel or Hawkins. Yep. We covered Cameron and Stengel pretty well. Even though Cameron's a freak, he kicked three goals. But, you know, if you had to put Mansell on Stengel, Mansell wouldn't have let him breathe. And Geelong's ruck stocks aren't exactly the greatest. I mean, they've got Stanley and they've they've got a couple of other other blokes. And they're like, if you go on the Geelong board after every game, the one constant thing, win, win or loss, is their, their criticism of their ruck stocks. So I don't get why we why we played Soldo. I think this probably would if we're going to play Soldo, he probably should have started. Um, started. And yeah, he should have started. And I think this would if we were going to drop Gibkiss, I think this probably would have been the game, given that Geelong have the two two talls and then they have a lot of the smalls with um, you know, Stengel and Close and Myers. You know, they've got the two and then they've got the four the three smalls and the one mid rotating. So if we were going to play Soldo, he should have played, Gibkiss should have been dropped, and we should have had someone a smaller coming on as a sub. <coughs> one, uh, one last question before we get stuck into the Presti stuff, just a quick answer. And I want uh, people in the chat to put their thoughts in here as well. On the back of our performance with the fight back that we showed, despite not getting the four points and potentially maybe missing out on a top four opportunity, do you think our season is still well and truly alive and are we going in the right areas on the back of the performance you saw in the second half of that game? Yeah, 100%. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, 
Before we move on, though, can I give a quick shout-out to um, MJ? I mean, the pressure situation for him to take that ball and kick that goal in the last to put us up, I mean, for a young fella who um, has struggled to make that distance at VFL level for him to go back and absolutely nail that shot in the pressure situation that he did from where he did, just speaks volumes to, to the class of the kid. It was clutch. It was just a shame that uh, we decided not to spoil the next contest as it went inside Sharks yeah. at 50. Um, All right, let's get stuck into the, the, the main talking point. Dion Prestia uh, got absolutely smashed by uh, Tom Stewart. In you know, there might be neutrals watching this. You might think we're looking at this with tiger-coloured glasses, and maybe we are, but I'm sure you'd all feel the same way because we had a player of your club, so I'll probably say that first and foremost. But uh, one of probably the, the worst, I think, I won't say premeditated. It was definitely intentional hits for quite some time. Not sure. He, I don't think he tried to necessarily do that level of damage, but he definitely deliberately bumped him. He ran past the ball, um, had no eyes or any you know care for the ball whatsoever. And there's, there's a lot of pieces to this that sort of didn't sit right with me from Salwood's reaction that was caught on camera. Dangerfield saying today that it's going to be you know the old, old news in a few days' time. And probably most importantly, the game not being stopped when the balls are getting pinged around over his head, um, despite the trainers calling for it, just from a health and safety perspective. Um, And the the side note to that being that we're obviously a play down for about three minutes, which didn't help either. And I think Stengel might have kicked a goal. Not saying that's the difference, but um, it just felt a lot of (laughs) even though the AFL did tick off Grok, the non-stopping of the game today. So they said that that was the right call. So Grok, you can go first, mate. Take us through your thoughts on the incident. I just think this this whole the whole media coverage of it has been absolutely disgraceful. I mean, I think the the one thing that we're forgetting is Tom Stewart is not the victim here. Tom Stewart is absolutely not the victim, and for all of these people to come out and say, "Oh, he's a good bloke and it wasn't intentional," and this and that, and you know, oh, he never meant to hurt Prestia and stuff. Basha Hawley never mentioned never meant to to hurt Jed Lamb. But he still copped his right whack. He's the loveliest bloke you'll ever meet, Basher. But that doesn't stop him from making a mistake. And everyone out there, when Basher made that mistake, owned up to it and said, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's against his character, but he made a mistake. No one's come out and no one from Geelong supporters or media has come out and said that what Stuart did was wrong. It was sort of wrong place, wrong time situation. But the thing that annoys the hell out of me with that is... Stuart came out, well, not Stuart, but Scott came out after his press conference and stated that Stuart mentioned to him that he chose to bump and run past the ball. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I choose to make an action, doesn't that make that intentional that I did that action? I mean, it's ridiculous to argue anyways. If I go up, if I go up and punch someone in the face, I intended to throw that punch. A bump is no, is no different at all. And this is the thing, like, yes, I don't think he meant to to iron out Prestia, although that could be debatable given some of the vision and some of the stuff that we've seen. But it was an intentional action with an unintentional outcome. It doesn't change the fact that the intent to bump was an intent to bump. He meant that bump because he had, as he said, he chose to do that, meaning he had alternatives that he chose not to do. So that's intentional, and I think... I think he deserves four. I think, as we talked about with the Port game, the AFL really do need to start cracking down on on head high hits and concussion and 
they've backed themselves into a corner with this where it's always been one week or two weeks and that's about it. They haven't really managed to stamp it out and now we find ourselves here where neither side is going to be happy. If he gets four, Cats fans are going to say it's too stiff and if he gets three, Richmond fans are going to say it's it's too lenient. And I, I just think that this it's, it's a shitty situation for everyone to be in, but most importantly, get well, Dion. I, I really hope... You know, it's nothing too serious and you don't suffer any long-term effects. And I think that's where it gets me, where no one in the media besides David King and Kane Corns have actually come out and said that Dion Prestia is the one that's being forgotten in all of this. No one's asked him how he's felt. No one's interviewed him. No one's even sent sent messages out or anything. So, again, get well, Dion. And Tom Stewart, you're going to get four. Yeah, I think it's fair enough, Grok. And... Yeah, I know the club will obviously put something out about Dion when they can provide information, but um, it goes without saying the Tiger Army is right behind Dion. Um, and, yeah, not much more to add to that. I think the only thing I saw today about the intentional thing, which is just infuriating, is apparently the intentional bit is based on if you're doing an intentional act to get reported or something. I don't know. It was something really stupid. But the bottom line is if that's not classed intentional, you may as well scrap it from your table. Exactly. Like it's as simple as that. Don't don't have it on there as an option because there's nothing more intentional than that, Tiggs. Well, look, there's a bit to unpack here, right? And if anyone knows me, I just call it, as I said, I couldn't give a flying hoot what anyone thinks. And I said hoot because in case the kids are in the room that I don't see. All right. First point for me, if you think this wasn't intentional, if Scott had not said to them pre-game, all right, boys, let's, let's you know, they've got this chaos game. If you've got an opportunity to smack into them, to really hurt them, go ahead and do it. 100%. That would have been put. And the reason that I go on facts, what I see, it's funny. When we have a big game against Salong, they knock somebody out. They knock Loston out. Now they've knocked. Now Stewart, who's done something that's not characteristic of his, he would have thought, okay, this is my opportunity to give pressure <coughs> windy. That's what I think. I don't think he went out to knock him till Tuesday. I reckon he went out, oh, I'm going to hit him hard um, and slow him down because Dion is a grinder. And obviously, he, he's gone ahead. He's braced for it. He hasn't put his arm out, but he's pushed his arm in, collected him straight in the head, and Dion, because he was half in the air, it's collected him and off his went. So that was an intentional action. If you don't – look, what you're getting from the MRO, it's the Richmond tax. People talk about the Toby Green tax. What we're seeing is the Richmond tax, right? It's been going on for five years. I've been calling it all the time as they umpire and decide on the jumper with us. And – and the free kick count, there was a great analysis on Twitter. It's a shout-out to, um, I forgot what the guy's name is, just top of my head, but he put down statistically, broke it down where Richmond is always the outlier in relation to free kicks for, right? So received free uh, kicks. Tiger Talk boys, Nick and Andy. Yeah. So not free kicks given, we get that. Our state of play, we play on the edge, blah, 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 blah. We get it, right? We can see more free kicks than anyone else, but that's separate to free kicks we should receive. So the reason I've gone to that as a point, uh, case in point, pressure gets cleaned up in the head. Three umpires, clear view, go look at the vision. In any other jumper, if it had been any other team that John was playing, that would have been a 50 metre. Straight off the bat, 50 metres, not just a free kick. It would have been 50 metres. It was not even paid 50 metres for an off-the-ball cleanup. And now the AFL won't address that because no one in the media media who gets paid by them will bring that up. I called up today and said, explain to me how come that wasn't 50 metres. 
And if they didn't see it, then how did they report Stuart? It just doesn't add up. So that's why. So that's the Richmond tax. It's like Marlon Pickett. Cameron's on top of Marlon Pickett going for his eyeballs, and he gets fined as well. Right? So we, we carry that Richmond tax. That's why, like, you know, that they pick Lynch with the arms and DeConning fell down, but then they ignored Tarrant getting held off by Porkins. Exactly the same thing, and they allowed the goal to go through. So, look, I have no doubt that the Geelong Football Club, and I have no doubt the players think this, that they wanted to iron, that they ironed out a player. That's what they wanted to do, not iron, knock them unconscious, but, you know, make us hurt, bully us, because, you know, Cameron doesn't normally go on the full-blown wrestle mode. Some of their players were trying to coat hang other blokes of ours, and Richmond's put in the memory bank, and I love Dylan Grimes. This is the best thing for me, is when he said, I can't wait to play them again in a couple of weeks' time or, you know, a few weeks' time. So, um, yeah, they've they've um, they've made their bed. Uh, it's disgraceful. Look, first of all, Selwood, I, you know, I'm going to tell them, I sent to Peggy Brendan Dimmer, I email, a snippet of what Selwood said. I fucking lip-read that fucking shit. And I said, if you haven't already shown the boys what they did or forward this city off, uh, uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, what he actually says to Stuart, puts his arm around him, taps him on the chest and says, well, don't worry, mate, um, you did the job. Don't worry about it, you did the job well and tapped him on the chest with yeah. a big smile on his face. So, uh, yeah, we'll see We'll see how they go the next time we meet it. But, yeah, if you think – and also it makes me sick that everything's about Stuart or oh, Stuart or oh, poor Stuart, he feels unwell, oh, he's sick in the guts – you know what I mean? And, and pressure's a bit forgotten. But you know what? Um, the media doesn't like Richmond. Uh, the AFL doesn't like Richmond. And people go to me, why do Richmond always go to war against the AFL? You watch what will happen here. You'll get fucking three weeks. Make no mistake. You'll get three weeks. And Basha Hawley, who got two weeks, from back to the other side, didn't know the guy's head was there. The AFL came on the top on, again, Richmond tax, and made sure it was four weeks. Let's see the AFL do the same thing when they come out with three weeks. And Michael Christensen, mate, I hope someone puts this on, fucking sends this to his personal inbox, resign. You are so fucking corrupt in what you've done and what you do. Every decision you make is clearly one-sided. And, you know, I don't know. I'm going to change it because it's yeah. – Jared Wheatley. Jared Wheatley. Wankley. Waitley, whatever his name is. Waitley. Daisy Pierce, right? You're paid by Geelong, love. You're paid. You've admitted to go to go coaching with Geelong. And you're commenting a game with Geelong. And the way she tried to minimise Stuart, minimise the action, minimise the, the, um, the, uh, the impact to Richmond, how it really didn't mean anything. Oh, you know, we've got the substitute, so he should be okay. And Josh Jenkins, you know, I like him on the radio. Absolute compromise, flog. Oh, they weren't, well, it's debatable were they really impacted. Shows me that's how Geelong thinks. And I fucking, please, yeah. anything, anything up there, I'll be as Muslim, fucking Christian, fucking Jehovah, Jewish, I'll take any faith if you make this come true. Let you just need, just need Dion to get on the men. That's uh, the end of the yeah. day. The bottom line is Dion, rest up. Mate, you take all the time you need, and um, we'll see him back at some stage. And uh, like you put in the chat before, Nick, we tend not to lose to the same team twice. So fingers crossed. 
we can meet again. But um, yeah, a shout out to the uh, guys on my Twitch account, just really bumping up <laughs> my channels there with the views. Thank you, Geelong lads. I know you're trying to hide behind your little usernames there, but uh, thank you for bumping up my Twitch views. Much appreciated. All right. Well, we'll see how this pans out with the tribunal in the coming days. But um, look, yep, get well, Dion. And it's there's Wait, no. Can we take, take, support us here? Take out the uh, the two teams involved. We just don't need to see that kind of action in the sport. So yeah. you look at you look at like what happened to Tucky. Um, you know, long term effects. Uh, it's it's scary for players. You know, they're they're putting themselves in vulnerable positions, and we, we just don't need to make it worse than what it you know already is for them. Look, what I just love, I love what I love is straight after this podcast, I can watch the you know the twenty twenty grand final. Well, I love, you know, when I've had enough of that, I can hop on the 17 prelim and then I can hop on 19. See, the thing is, is that they've won a home and away. And I know Geelong supporters embrace this because it's a home and away win, right? And, and, and let's put really this clear, you whiny little shits, right? You're crying about it being played on the G. Go speak to your club president. Go get some education in you. Your club wanted it at the G. Why? Because you're... You're living in a shanty town. You're broke, basically. You, you do this new stadium, which no one likes to go to, other than your own fucking inbred community, and you're, you're a shambles. So, look, yeah, you've got to win one by three points. Anyone that knows football knows if pressure had played this game, we would have won by four goals. So, delude yourself. Think you, that wouldn't have happened. Continue that. And come finals, like you always do, you know, it's what a handbag will come back again. It all comes back every year in finals. You will go kaput. And what's really great? Selwood's, what is he, 54 next year? Hawkins is, what is he, 83? Cameron is now hitting 33, 34. Isaac Smith. So you guys are in for a great time. You know, but don't worry, you've got Constable. Another fucking hacks that you got in your list. God, they shoot me. So, and you blue supporters, if you're on, I'm on it. I'm channeling CB. Come on, things. We've got to get to other stuff. Get, get yeah, to it. Yeah, thank you. I, I missed last week. I'm just trying to get Grok bear with me. Another thing, you blue supporters, it, it's not good to, you know, yeah, after you have a win, then have a go. You know, have a go at a bloke when you haven't had a win. It shows a bit more character. You know, that's it's funny, you know. I, you know, but what do I expect? There are no club with no supporters. Anyway, I'm done. All right, Grok, last one, then we get stuck into the VFL, boys. I was going to say, why do you think me living here, being a Richmond supporter, has raised the IQ of this collective city by 20 points? <laughs> uh, all right. The, uh, okay, you're, lucky, you're lucky Michaels went to the cattery, mate. Because when I go there, there'll be some finger painting. Trust me, there'll be some finger painting there. Yeah, he should have picked me up to make that deposit, that long overdue <laughs> deposit. Mate, it's uh, going to happen. That was a good trip out there. Good trip. Good Palmer at the Sporting Globe. Good. I, I went with your suggestion, by the way, Grop, the Buffalo Ranch. Very good. Very good choice. Uh, yeah, very good. It was actually a lot more spicy than I thought. It, it almost had me prepped, but uh, I'd already been to, to get into your park. Okay, the VFL guys had a, uh, a very good win on the weekend. Tigers 16-7-103, defeated Geelong 13-11-89. Cumberland kicked four, Castagna three, Arts two, Bauer, Colina, Newen piped up and kicked one, which was uh, something a little bit interesting to see. Parker and Stack, in terms of the Richmond listed players, kicked uh, one each. Some players of note, Stacky had eight tackles, 16 disposals, four marks. Castagna had 10 tackles, five marks, 13 disposals, along with his three goals. 
and Arts had 24 disposals, seven marks, three tackles, and seven clearances. What I'm loving about this, guys, is we've got the small forwards and the bigger forwards to an extent as well really ramping up their game on a consistent level to create pressure for spots, um, which we've been dearly missing in the front half for quite some time. And I know that the Tiger Army does have its, you know, predetermined thoughts on Arts and Castagna in particular. Um, you know, everyone's entitled to their views. But when you've got Castagna getting three goals, 10 tackles, five marks, 13 disposals, I know it's VFL versus AFL is different, but those kind of numbers are what we've been screaming out for our forwards to do. I'm not saying you can do that at AFL level, but he's definitely putting his hand up to come back in. And as much as I love Juddy Clark, uh, he's definitely a good long-term prospect, but we need we need to be as strong as humanly possible in that part of the ground. So what do you guys make of that thing, Grant? Yes, I, I ended up uh, watching it as you were making the, tr the trip to Adventure Park. And yeah, it was almost very, very similar to, to the AFL game in that Geelong jumped us early, like extremely early. I think they kicked three or four in the first five minutes of the game, which sort of struggled. And then, then the, the weather hit and it just sort of a scrappy game. But Sydney stack early, just easily our cleanest and, and, and best player, just everything he touched you know, turned to gold. Um, a bit of a grind through through the midfield, through the middle and third quarter, just busting it open. You mentioned Biggie Nguyen, like his set shot from deep in the pocket in that narrow shit ground of theirs, like with no stand, so it was swirling, just goes through and just nails it from the pocket about 40, 45 out, kick-started everything. And then Noah Cumberland in that, that last quarter just stood up. I think he kicked three in the last quarter. Just absolutely nailed some monster shots. Um, yeah, I thought it, the, the pleasing thing for me was it was the younger players who are borderline. Obviously, Castagna and Arts had, had terrific games. But for me, it was players like Martin. Martin was solid. Mansell was really good. Um, Samson Ryan's developing as well. Ever since Kalina came in, where he hasn't had to do the ruck and the forward, he's, he's been a lot better the last couple of weeks. Cumberland, Stack, all of these players... Were, were fantastic so um yeah i think we're in a pretty good place right now list wise obviously there's some holes that we need to fill but again i think this week's going to be interesting with with obviously clark going out you could probably that's probably one so it's probably <coughs> going to be I, I hope we don't go arts or castania they're known quality qualities at afl level i'd much rather see what stack or cumberland can bring in particularly cumberland i feel he got stiffed by getting named in the Sydney game as a Medisub and not even getting a, a, a run on the ground. And I think he offers something completely different where he's got that overhead marking ability that probably none of the others bar George have. George is pretty solid overhead for, for his size. But I think I think Cumberland is is a very will be a very good play. He's a dead eye for goal. Like when, if he gets the ball, you just know that nine times out of ten he's going to nail it no matter where he is so i definitely think that cumberland should, should come in yeah look for me i've been crying singing cumberland's praises yep. from the get-go it's not just only the goals he kicks it's, it, he structures our forward line really well he's he can also go into the midfield at spurts he reminds me he hasn't got a tank yet that's one of the reason why i think he's stuck at the vfl um but yeah he he for me um is I reckon next year he'll crack into the side more of a full-time role. Look, with Clark, people um, are knocking his game on the weekend, but he's playing the George Castagna role. 
running into space, blocking the area, um, you know, being that defensive forward. Um, in often cases, decoy and take his opportunities when he's can. But look, I'm happy. I'll, look, Castagna, 10 tackles, five marks, 13 disposals, great. Do it again and then do it again after that. Um, so, ditto with Arts. I don't want to see Arts in the – unless we knock on wood, we have injuries. He's had his time. Um, Cumberland, I reckon we need to give him a look at. I reckon a perfect game against the Eagles. Give him a bit of a runaround. One boy we need to get in, and it's, it's just a fucking travesty he's not in the side. Is Miller. Why he's not in our side as our defensive fullback? I know Tarrant, particularly when Tarrant broke his hand, let's give Tarrant a bit of a rest. Let's, I know we've got the twin towers and they're not overly quick, so you might want to give Tarrant on Darling, but put Miller against Kennedy. Give Gibkus a bit of a rest. He needs it for me. He needs to dominate a few games. Um, and this is a perfect time to get Miller back in, but Miller needs to, Miller needs to, um, play more games. Sons is the other one. He's playing, obviously, a defensive forward – sorry, defensive midfielder. Some of his kicking was a treat, though, the way he opened up the play. He's just a smart inside mid. We're obviously decided that Ross is the one with seniority and we're pushing with Ross and we're developing the boys. Um, another one that I really liked that I'm pretty excited about is, yeah, Marte, Kalinia. He, he's raw as they come. Right, and he's, you know, obviously, what's his third game, fourth game? But he's actually starting to do now some football acts, right? Is showing that the training and the coaching is getting, is starting to become ingrained to him. He's going to be such a weapon when he finally gets, he'll, he'll replace either Soldo. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be a worry. Soldo will be worried with him coming back up, which is funny because they're related. But um, look, we're in a really good spot. We're regenerate, we're rebuilding as being competitive. Our quality of our kids, remember early in the year, oh, what have our kids got? We've got no kids, they're all shit. And now you're starting to see them, um, you know, getting that development, getting consistent VFL games. Um, and once we can get that development training, consistent training, them, they start to respond and we're seeing it. We've got a really good core of kids underneath. Um, but, yeah, for me, the main person should be coming in would be Cumberland. Yeah, for me, Stack, I love Stack. I do. I want to I, you know, that pressure, just do it again, mate. Do it again yeah. for a couple of games yeah. in a row. That's all I ask. I don't ask you to kick goals. Just just tackle. Be proactive in your ball movement. And if you do that, I'll, I'll put you in because he's got talent. He's got, definitely got the talent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it just comes down to putting, giving that same output output on a repetitive basis. But I just really enjoyed the fact that the forwards are, you know, making the uh, the forwards in the team sort of look over their shoulder and, and make sure that they're on their toes giving a good performance each week. So nice to get a win down there, though, which is very good. Which leads us into the uh, the Richmond West Coast game. Uh, this now turns into an absolute must-win game for us to keep our top eight chances alive. Obviously, it's very, very close between fourth and I think 12th all the way down to there. Um, and with having lost the game against the Cats, is it's put a bit more extra pressure on ourselves, but that's okay. You know, the boys will come out pretty fired up. But Eagles coming off a 10-point win versus Essendon, uh, which kind of blew my mind. They got, they got the job done there, but they've been all over the shop all year, Eagles, so credit to them for getting that win, and they'll be pretty pumped up and could have a, some renewed confidence coming into this game. They've got Nick Nat coming back by the looks of it, guys. So that's going to really bolster up their ruck stocks. Um, I think on the back of that, when we start looking at our ins and outs now, you'd sort of think that Soldo's going to have to be... I wouldn't want to go into this game 
with just one ruck against Dignut because it, he'll just work over Nank all around the ground. As much as we love Nank, I think it's going to be important to have two rucks to try and really find balance and try and uh, win some of the ruck contests and, and, and keep a hold on him, so to speak. But ins and outs, though, Grok, what are we thinking? Do we think, is Cochran going to be right to go? Does Lambert come back in? Uh, Bolter, I'm not too sure where he's at. Nicky might have some info on that for us. But who do you see coming in and out this week? I, I definitely I, I agree with you with with Nick Nat coming in. We we need to play solo and Nank. We can't have um so we can't have Nank going up against Nick Nat all alone. We've seen how that's worked in the past, and Nank's been absolutely destroyed. So sorry, sorry, sorry. Can you ban these Twitter? That's racist. Wait, no, can you can you block them? Nope. All right. Okay. Just really ignore it, guys. We've yeah. got these yeah. little all kids. Good. Yeah, I know. That's why yeah, I've been ignoring it. Yeah, but yeah, I think Nank uh, and Soldo definitely have to play. So I think Soldo comes into the best 22, not as many sub. I definitely think Gibkiss goes out. I don't think there's a matchup for Gibkiss against West Coast this week. And he's probably due for a bit of a rest anyway. I would like to see Cumberland come in. Obviously, um, Cumberland for, for Clark. Cochin, um, again, I've heard that he may play. I've heard that he probably won't. At this stage, it's 40-60 that they'll probably give him another week. Bolter, I definitely wouldn't risk. Again, hamstrings are one of those ones you don't want to rush him back too early. So I, I'd give him another two or three weeks to make sure it's 100%. Um, yeah, I think I think the ins and outs this week, you're probably looking at Lambert. I think Lambert comes in. He's had a couple of weeks off. He should be okay. Lambert, Cumberland, Soldo. And then Gibkiss, Clark out, and then whoever is Medisub, maybe Stack or or someone like that. I think Stack is a Medisub would be solid. But yeah, I, I see a lot of comments about my cat. Uh, no cats this week after <laughs> uh, after Saturday. I'm I'm anti cat at the moment. So yeah, he she's down the other end of the house. So yeah, all the doors are locked. So no no cats tonight. This is a good point as well for you, Tiggs. Gibkiss, as Nick raised, looks to be a little bit sore, not flying as well as he was early days, and that's okay. He's first-year player. It's to be expected. They're going to wear out at some yeah. stage. Do you keep him in for this game, or is maybe a, a Gibkiss for Miller swap a time to get him to get Miller in for some more exposure? Yeah, that's what I'll do. Look, normally first-year players play around about, you know, 14, 15 games in a season, um, particularly key tools. Yeah, so I'd probably give him a rest. Uh, bring Miller in. Um, so I've got a like for like there. My concern is, and look, and they really stood up our midfield, but it is quite youngish. You know, we've got Ross in there in the sense of games played in the gut. So I'd look on going in a Baker, Baker and saying, okay, what's our midfield? Is it going to be, if it's going to be Jack Graham, is he going to stay locked in there? I don't think Cotchin will get up. I think he's, it's a three-weeker from what I got told. Um, so they'll probably give him another rest. Um, Lambert, I don't think, will get will come in. Um, even though he might want to play, I don't think he will come in. I don't think we'll risk it. Um, for me, what I would look at is this is probably a good opportunity to go, okay, Clark, you've had a couple of games and you've had the taste. Go back and dominate on the VFL. So bring Cumble in for Clark. And then I'd probably look at and go, okay, let's really just go into the depth of our youth. We've got we've got older leaders in there. Like what I mean by older leaders, like your short's going to be in the centre. You've got Baker, who's, you know, a young leader. Um Pressure won't be playing, obviously. So let's just go all in. It's we, let's be honest. West Coast midfield's not elite in speed, so let's just double down. Let's go to RCD or go to Sonzi, one of the two boys, and say, "Okay, um, this is your opportunity to show us we can do this game." 
your role's going to be really simple. It's going to win ball, get ball, like we've done with Ross and see how they go. So I would look at this game as, look, I reckon we'll win regardless. Um, that's how badly West Coast is playing. And it's probably how bad that Essendon was playing. If we don't turn the ball over, we won as badly as Essendon did, um, you know, in, in positions that they did, you know, in basically defensive, um, in the defensive half, um, we should win this by, you know, 24 points if we just coast through it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but if Lambert's up, yeah, Lambert gets in. But we'll see. But Clark needs a rest, and I'd put Cumberland in for Clark um, and pick whatever. Yeah, I, th- I think an- another thing is with Prestia out, let's just chuck Baker straight into the midfield from the get-go all game, bring Mansell in to cover him down back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, he, he made a huge difference. I can't see why he wouldn't try that. Is there any risk at all that we did spend a lot of petrol tickets to, to claw our way back into that game against the Cats and some of the guys might be a little bit cooked? I, I know it's a, a Sunday. Uh, is it a Sunday game? Or... Yes, yeah, a Sunday game. So they've still got... A Eight bit more time with the, side, with the break. Thankfully, it's not a five or a six dayer. Um, but are we going to be able to see a maintained level of that intent and intensity for this game as well? Like you don't want to play your opposition, do you? You don't want to get caught up in, oh well, we did it against Geelong. You know, we're a top four sort of contender. We can drop off a notch now against the Eagles because that's when you can get jumped. We we need to be at that same level again. Yeah, we we definitely don't want to drop our intensity. We don't want to be sort of like Geelong in that regard where they. They, they play the, the the teams around them well, but when it comes up to games that they probably should win on paper, they just they seem to get overrun. So I definitely think this is a danger game. Um, obviously, the Eagles look a lot better now that they're getting their players back. Yo looked really good on the weekend. Um, all of these players back really structures them up properly. And, um, yeah, it's one that we can't, really can't afford to, to sort of slack off with because we know Kennedy's been a thorn in our side. Um, even with, with Rance, you know, um, Nick Nat's been able to tear us apart. Yo's gotten a hold of us at times. So I definitely think with these players back, it's not one that we can take lightly. So, yeah, I definitely think there might be a chance that we do run out of petrol, but I really can't see it because the Eagles had a pretty tough game against the Bombers as well. So they'll be almost as tired as we are at this point, I reckon. Yeah, I don't think exhaustion is going to be an issue. I just reckon um, we... I don't even think we ran out of puff. I just think we lost composure the last couple of minutes, and that's what got us. And that that happens when you have a young midfield in. You know, Ross, you know, there was a couple of stupid turnovers that we did where we normally would kill the contest. We didn't. That's why they got, you know, the, the clearance kick into Stengel, which in turn went into uh, to Henry. So I don't think he's also going to be an issue. Look, this is the perfect game for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How we should pronounce it? And Dusty, you've always had good rivalries when West Coast was good. So I would probably say, okay, let's build some confidence back up. Dusty on you, go head to head. You know, type of thing. So get Dusty, you know, if he hopefully dominates, starts to get that enjoyment factor in there again. Look, but it's a danger game. Every game's a danger game. But I don't really see just hearing, it just really impressed me hearing Grimes, hearing, seeing how the players have acted, particularly the silence since after this game's happened. It's like, okay, you know, they're on. That's it. Now we, we know what we've got to do. We know what we're up against. Let's just start. Let's just get in the wins. Let's qualify because we need to play against Geelong. That's what I think was going to happen. Um, so it could have yeah. uh, inadvertently woken us up. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Because, see, yeah. one, just a couple of people asking about trade news. One of the things with Dusty, you know, going to Sydney and all this stuff, 
you know, there was a couple of, on the buy. I was getting flooded. Oh, Michael, he's gone to Sydney. And I said, no, he's in fucking in Melbourne. Don't stress. Oh, and then it came out he was training in Melbourne. For me, it's not some dusty trading, um, getting traded. For me, he looks like, and from what I know from people that I know that would know, he's struggling with the enjoyment of the game at the moment. Yeah. That's all it is. Uh, he loves the club. He loves the players that he's around, and that's why he's playing. It's his job. But he's never played the game as if it's his job. No. Right? And the club is fully aware of it. So he's just got to work through it. Now, there might be he can't work through it. And if he can't work through it, then decisions need to be made. You know, what will help you get enjoyment? If that means not with us, then something. But that's way down. That's, you know, in the stratosphere, right? That's just us thinking the logical sequence. At the moment, from what I know, is we're all focused on getting dusty, enjoying, getting used to his new reality. That's reality what it is. And he's as rusty as all hell, which is another layer of frustration. So, um, yeah, he's not He's not, um, He's not. not going to. Um, no, Peter, from what I know, and I'll back who I know, Dusty's not going to Sydney. You've got to understand, Pete, that was a made-up rumour that was self-admitted by Damien Barrett back in the off-season because he was there and he was training. That's how it started. Tony Sheehan as well. Well, whoever it was. And he yeah. looked for Tony Sheehan's track record. Go for it. <laughs> Um, every, every, every preseason, it's Dusty to Sydney. It's the same story the last three years from Tony Sheen. That's right. So it's just that he's struggling with his enjoyment of the game. That's where it is. Um, and watch out. When it finally does click, watch out. What, that's why I'm saying we get to finals because I think that's what will wake up his desire again. You know, that's what I really think that. Um, and a little bit of other – you want me to go into just a couple of bit of snippets of what I've got before – yeah, do a couple of quick snippets, then we'll get a margin prediction from everyone. Yeah, Baker's not going anywhere. Just lock that in. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate it, Peter. I'm not saying it's not, but so is mine, buddy. Um, and if you just go past my history, just on – I never head wobble, but just on Dusty, I've not once been wrong, right? So I know where mine is just – so, yeah. I hope, I hope you're wrong. Um, I hope, well, I sort of – I know that he's not, it's not locked in to go to Sydney, um, but um, yeah, it's just all just enjoyment factor, um, with his um footy. Um, but yeah, with Baker, he's not going anywhere. Um, he's yeah, he's staying, he's staying the tiger. I'm here in five years, four or five years. Um, but really, it's just we've got issues at the moment, we've got so many uncontracted. We've done this about three years ago, and it's really because we've got a target in mind. Now, if you remember back to Tom Lynch when he came to Richmond. Um, and I'll reveal more as it gets more firmer, but I think I'm right on the money here um, on my trade show, which will probably be in about three weeks. Uh, but we'll, uh, Michael's will keep you informed. But we have got a player in mind, and we're just working out the dollars, and then we'll start locking things in. Daniel Rioli, 70% to stay. I said this a couple of weeks ago. 70% in my mind to stay. There is a 30% chance in my mind. Look, he's getting some silly offers thrown at him. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, well, why, yeah. If you're, if you're other clubs though, why wouldn't you? I would expect a lot of clubs would be in contact with Dan on the back of how he's played this year. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. With GWS, it's getting warm. It's getting more than warm. Look, I'm sitting up cause my ass is burning. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> I really think we'll pry him in It's going to be Tom Green. I don't think so. It hoppers screaming out. Um, it's really screaming, hopper, hopper, hopper. We were really into him about two years ago. Yeah. 
two and a half years ago. Dimon loves him. He's the right size for us in the sense of age, the experience gap we've got because we've got young kids we want to bridge in and we've, we need still that mature but still young enough that will play five, six years. And Hopper fits that bill. Um, and um, it will complement pressure really well. So I'm hearing the Hopper. Toronto's not going to happen. Um, Green, look, you never say no, but Jay, I don't think so. Um, I think they realise where they're at. But again, um, and the male's not wrong on this. It was he was definitely a lock because Cameron was his coach. Now that hasn't happened. We'll see, right? And it's gone definitely quiet. So that sometimes is a good sign. But uh, oh, Elijah Hollands is another name that I kept. I've heard, and one of my good mates mentioned it. I, I had. A, I promised him. I made a few phone calls. That's no nah, nothing in it. Okay, it's um. He's just he's resigned this year too. He got an extension on his contract. Gold Coast really rate him, but I'm not saying he's someone that we would not love to get to the club. But I doubt we can get him, get him this off season. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's two players that we are in. Now, I'm not saying they're going to come across 100%, but there's two. Um, and we can get either or. Um, it'll be pretty good at the club. And I'll reveal those once um, uh, in three weeks' time. So, Tony Sheehan, fucking um, all the us, Sam Ingram, yeah. all those other ones. Tune in in three weeks, mate, and, you, and I'll <laughs> let you know. Just as long as they don't cost us Bolton. We, we need to sign Bolton up as well. Yeah, they are, Jay. Jay, yeah, one of them is. And I'm not sure about the other one. But yeah, one of them are. One of them are most definitely. And it's not um, it's not the forward Bobby Hill or whatever his name is from um, GWS. It's not um, it's not the forward. No, it's King. <laughs> no, Sawback's King. No, but it's not the, that. You know, that forward because he's obviously going to leave GWS. That's a lock. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's to, off to Essendon, I think. To your point, Grok, we need okay. to make sure we're out on a bolt too. So Bolton, Bolton and Baker, number one before anything. Yeah, oh, they're, yeah, they're not going in. Look, on McGrath, I've heard that name. I've heard McGrath. I have not, this is no disrespect, I've not had the main two blokes so not, they generally give me. Uh, no, I'm not saying he's going, Peter. I'm saying 70% he'll stay, but there is a chance he might. You know what I'll explain to you how it got told to me? Cyril is close to Daniel, um, and he said footy at the end of the day is a business, right? It is a business. I doubt he goes because of that Morris link and Shy loves him. They're all got that, you know, you could see it. But if he gets dollar-wise that we can't match and it's over a certain level that will outbuy loyalty, you never say never. That's the reason why I'm not closing the door on it. Unlike Baker, I know for 100% he's not going. Yeah. Right. 100%. I mean, yeah. But Baker has... makes sense. It's like, yeah. like Shy. Um, sorry, okay. Shay. Yeah, I'm getting better. I try. I try. Um, like Shay, I know he's not going. I just know he's not going. Right? Yeah, I mean, you can fucking lock it in. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. But with Daniel, I'm not. I'm, I'm confident he's going to stay. But there's a chance, from what I hear in some Gold Coast particularly, um, is yeah really going in hard for him. And there is the Richmond connection there with Child, and then you got you got Ellis. Um, you know so. Mm. I agree with you, Peter. I hope, hope that's a go. But to summarise this, because I appreciate time, there's two players we're after. I've heard McGrath's name, but I don't think so. I think that's more rumour mill driven. But I'm, I'm waiting for confirmation, so I'm not disputing anyone. Um, but, yeah, dead set. Hopper's really strong. At, at the noise for Hopper's really strong. And there's one other player that when I mention his name, 
you're going to tell me I'm fucking deluded. But we'll see. And then you'll hear the reporters will come up. Oh, there's a link to Richmond between. And we'll see how we go. Very good. Anything else, Grok? I know you sometimes hear some whispers around the traps. Uh, there's there's a couple. Obviously, I'd, I'd heard we we sort of inquired about Shield when it was um, thought that he was off. Um, you know, Essendon were, were going to to sort of try and offload him with the money and if we could get him on the cheap for 300,000 years as protection. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely not. That's cooled off. The one that I have heard that I've posted on the board is Dunkley. We've been pretty keen yeah. on Dunkley the last few years. I can years. confirm Dunkley. I can confirm yeah. Dunkley. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, he, that's. But Austin will have to go. He's so fucking to go. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, not yeah. Yeah. Um, it's bad, I'll tell you. It's a player that can play. It's multi-positional. That's what we love. Yeah. I can play forward and play midfield. He's that type of multi, uh, multi-prong, and he's and he's not a small player. Just that's all I'll say because my mate will kill me. Um, but yeah, yeah. Look, my, yeah, I agree with you, Pete. Um, but yeah, and it's not Jackson, so obviously we're not in his price range. But yeah, it's exciting. It's not bad. It's I wish. No, it's, um, I wish. The bond. Get him in. Get him in. All right. Well, uh, we'll get a quick prediction for the game against the Eagles on Sunday. So, viewers listening, make sure you chuck in your predictions, including margin in the chat. We'll pop a few up. See how we go. Uh, Grok, who's going to win and by how much? I think this will be a pretty comfortable game for us. Uh, Tigers by 31 points. We'll take that every day of the week, Tiggs. Yeah, Jay's spot on. It is Matthew Richardson. He's coming back. He's fucking coming back, and he's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome. Um, look, yeah, you said it's a danger game, so um, so you know I'm I'm, I'm tipping it to be like that, <laughs> and he just stole my thunder. Look, we'll win by, I reckon, thirty six points. I think that's it. I think we'll win by thirty six points. And look, actually, all right, I'm coming out with the name. Fuck, get no, no, it's, no, it's no. CB. CB, he's making a comeback. He's making a comeback. He will one day. Uh, Tiesta, the reason why I put this one up, mate, is because you you made the most outrageous call when we played West Coast last time. You were very much closest to the pin, so I hope you are again, mate. Uh, I will take Tigers by 29 points, but um, I think it just goes with that saying that any four points is going to be a good four points, so we just need to make sure we get on the winner's track. We don't want to have to get into the predicament where we have to win absolutely every game all the way through because that's a lot of extra pressure and a lot of uh, mental sort of toughness to, to do that. But this is the starting block. We need to win this game to hopefully get back into the eight and uh, hopefully a few results around us go our way. We'll, we'll see where yeah. it takes us. So. That, well, remember, 20, remember 2020, we won, what was it, all 19? We won 12 games leading up to finals and then we won every game yeah. in that. So, yeah. I think we're a little lucky that we've got a, a decent, healthy-ish percentage at the moment where, you know, as long as we get the four points, that's all that matters, margins, yeah. and, and that aren't really a factor at the moment. And we've got North Melbourne to come too, which you can yes. bank it to go in. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. And uh, as a lot of you may have seen my posts on Twitter and Facebook the other day, we do have Michael Gale joining us uh, in the very near future. Uh, to talk about his time as a Tiger. So make sure you keep an eye out for a time and date for that one. It will probably most certainly be a Monday night and probably at the same time slot. But uh, it's going to be great to get Michael on. And uh, thank you to, to Nick for helping organise that. 
and we are trying to maybe throw throw together the idea of having an actual in-person catch-up and potential live show at some stage. <laughs> maybe it falls into out-of-season because that might be easy for everyone, but we're trying to work out logistics of that and how it might look and feel. So if that's something you'd be interested in, keep an eye out for that too. It'd be great to meet a few of you uh, lovely people. We, we love all of our viewers and we very much appreciate your support as always. So one thing we should be doing too is when we play one of those interstate sides, we've got to have a commentary. I know. I know. That's what yeah, I wanted to do. I loved it. Brock, I you have agree. so much fun with it. It's good. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. We have to we have to pick a game to do it for sure. All right, Grok Tiggs, thank you so much for joining us tonight, gents. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, on a Monday night. We appreciate all the love and support, even from our uh, friends on Twitch who decided to pipe in with some commentary, but that's okay. It is what it is. So we'll uh, we'll see a few things in the pipeline. We'll see how we go. And until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thank you, guys. <laughs>